What is up, everyone? And welcome to the Fit Beat Report podcast. I'm your host, Christina. And in today's episode, I have a very special guest here with me today. She is known all over the internet, now the metaverse as digital diva, Michelle Lilly. So I am so happy to present this episode to you guys. So stay tuned. Hello, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. It is so good to have you here. So tell me, Michelle, I want to know, how did you get into uh, digital currency, blockchain, and where were you like five years from now, like when you first started? Oh, so in 2017, I was introduced to cryptocurrency by a friend of mine by the name of Claudia Richardson, and he introduced me with a, into a um, cryptocurrency through a program where we were earning daily income, you won 2% a day on our Bitcoin, and all of a sudden that program went away. But I knew that Bitcoin hadn't scammed me. I knew it was the program. So I wanted to learn more and more and more because I knew that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency was here to stay. So I dived in deep. You dived in deep. And what where did this take you down a rabbit hole or where exactly did it take you when you say dive deep? So when I say dive deep, it took me down a education hole. Um, and academia education. So I first went and um, got blockchain certified. I then flew to Greece a year later and became Ethereum certified. And as of January 12th, when I took my last final exam this year, I am officially the first African-American female in the world with a master's degree in blockchain and digital currency from a top five university. So it took me down the path of actually obtaining a master's degree in blockchain and digital currency. Woo, and that's pretty amazing. Congratulations. So you're certified in both blockchain, you're certified in cryptocurrency. So what does a certification look like for others who might be interested? What does that mean to be certified in those areas? Does that mean like you went to an actual university or you took an online course? What does that mean? So the blockchain certification is originally a 12-week course online through um, the University of Nicosia, um, and um, they rank top five in the world for blockchain and digital currency. They were the first to accept Bitcoin as payment for as an institution. They was the first to put degrees on the blockchain, and their professors um, are highly sought after and very knowledgeable and some of the pioneers in the uh, digital currency and blockchain space. Um, Ethereum, I, like I said, I flew to Greece. They were only offering that in person at the time. And I'm not sure what's happening now with that. So someone will have to do some research on that. Um, and the master's degree program is an online program. It's about a two to three year program. If two years, if you're full-time, I went full-time, part-time. And so it took me, I started in 2018 And I'm just now finishing in January. Um, But they did add a couple additional courses to the program that weren't there at first because they did receive a new accreditation. So 
it's it's some work though. It's not a cakewalk. So anyone listening out there, I want to tell you, make sure that you're dedicated to um, doing the work because it's learning. Not only is it, you know, I wasn't a finance major. Let me say that I, I didn't have a finance background. I was an I had an investor background. I was a real estate uh, investor. So learning though about banking and international markets and the evolution of money and actually blockchain technology, um, me not being the most technical person, um, me more on the investing side, um, it, 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 just, it just brought so a plethora of just knowledge and information real world because I wasn't going to school to get a degree. I mean, to get a job. I was really going to learn what this technology, how disruptive it was going to be and how that I could better invest in cryptocurrency and continue to and continue to uh, fill my bags and build my portfolio. Yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, that's what it's all about. So tell me, with you being an expert in cryptocurrency and in blockchain, can you explain to our listeners, um, you know, you're the you're the subject matter expert. Can you tell us what is the difference between blockchain technology and the cryptocurrency? So, you know, there's a myth that uh, blockchain technology is cryptocurrency. And I just want to eliminate that altogether. Blockchain technology more so is like what I consider Web.3, uh, 3.0. Um, and it is a distributed ledger, a public ledger, and it is decentralized um, in, and, and very transparent and very secure. Um, cryptocurrency operates on the blockchain. So if you want to think about something like Amazon, Amazon couldn't exist without the internet. It was because of the internet that Amazon and Google and Microsoft and those types of companies exist. The only reason that cryptocurrency can exist from a decentralized place is because of the, the underlying technology that it runs on, which is the blockchain. So it has to run on the actual blockchain. So what does the blockchain do? Why do we need the blockchain? So the blockchain takes away what we call the centralized uh, centralization. So it is transparent. So all of the transactions on the Bitcoin network, you can see um, on the Ethereum network, you can see in real time them happening on the blockchain, which means that no one authority owns it. And so no one authority can shut it down. Not even the authorities, uh, the, the U.S. government. Not even the U.S. government or any or any gov centralized government around the world. It cannot be shut down. It's actually run by the people. So if you want to think about something like to make it make sense, because I always like to talk to the people so it doesn't go over their head. If you think about the cab companies, and at one time we had to call in to the cab and, and they dispatched the cab from that centralized place. And then Uber came along. And if you want to think about the cars that run the Uber network are like the nodes that run the block, the, the nodes where people run the blockchain from their computers around the world. So in, in technical terms, in literal terms, Uber is not decentralized because it's still a central authority that is operating that network. However, just from a 
synonymous place of just from a synonymous place there is uber the the the, the uber network couldn't run without the cars all around the world that are running the uber network so if you want to think about it like that from decentralization to centralization and the decentralization are the cabs or it's uber no it's uber it would be the uber so think about anyone anyone can become an uber driver as long as they have a car anyone can help run the blockchain network as long as they have a um a computer that you know holds enough memory holds enough storage and so forth to have the service to run it um so if you don't have whereas at whereas the car the the cab company was centralized like there was only one place that could dispatch the cabs and if that place shut down the whole network shut down whereas right now there's if if one uber driver doesn't pick you up no worries there's another uber driver right on the way and so it i'm just using that as a comparison so people can kind of get an understanding of what decentralization is yeah, definitely. And many people don't know that. Many people don't know that we want to stay decentralized and not centralized. Can you can you like enlighten me a little bit more? Because I do know many people have been expressing how decentralization is important to people in the metaverse. Well, so decentralization does. So if you want to think something like Facebook, right? Facebook is a centralized place where we go and Facebook can lock you out of your account. They can shut shut you down. Um, if you go to the banks, the banks run a centralized banking system. You, um, they can shut you out your account. They can freeze your funds. Well, in a decentralized um, world and a decentralized DeFi, if you want to talk about DeFi, um, decentralized finance, is that there's no one to shut you out because no one person runs it. And that's what makes decentralization so powerful because there's no one authority that can weigh in and say, hey, we're going to shut this down or censor anything. And when you talk about the metaverse, that's why people like the metaverse. So here we have Facebook who has changed their name to Meta, but they are running a centralized metaverse. They are in control of it. You are on their platform. In a decentralized metaverse, you are not on their platform. There's no censorship. You don't, no one is controlling, you know, to say, hey, you you can't join us here. And that's the power of decentralization because it takes away the systemic oppression in so many industries and in so many um, different categories that allow people to play in a space that they weren't necessarily able to play in before. Wow, that just blew my mind. You definitely touched on a lot of things we've been talking about um, earlier this week, these discussions that I've been having. So with with that being said, how how does it affect NFTs? Um, You know, a lot of NFTs are decentralized, um, OpenSea, where people are going to go sell their, uh, you know, NFT, their art, um, decentralized, but Right now, OpenSea is in a lot of trouble. Their network is, their website is down and people have their art up on there. And so it's a big deal right now in the NFT space. What can you, what, 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 like, what is something you know that you, you could attribute or add to the conversation on what's been happening in the NFT space and the metaverse on blockchain? 
So because this takes us back to decentralization and centralization, because your NFT is not sitting on actually open sea, that's just where you meant it at. It actually has a hash, a transaction hash that you can actually correlate on the blockchain, depending on which blockchain you actually use. Well, OpenSea uses Ethereum. So um, on the Ethereum blockchain, so they, they can't, so anyone who has minted their uh, NFT on the blockchain, on the Ethereum blockchain through OpenSea, they just, this is a perfect example of centralization versus decentralization. Although their website is shut down, your NFT still exists because of decentralization and that Ethereum is a decentralized blockchain. So you did, you, no one loses their NFT. No one is waiting for, um, you know, someone to give it back to them like in, a, like in a centralized platform. The only thing that may be lost right now in, in, is that no one can purchase your NFT off OpenSea if that's where you actually put it for sale at. Um, if that's where you minted it and put it for sale at, then no one can purchase it right now if their website is shut down. However, the, the, the beautiful thing about decentralization is that no one can shut down your actual NFT. And, and, and just to clear something up, because I was just on an informational lab uh, Tuesday and people for uh, some reason think like NFTs, you know, is, is a, are these objects, are these um, pictures and digital art and so forth, not realizing that NFT just links the physical, a physical object to an online digital record. That is all an NFT does. It, it's a receipt. If, if it's a non-fungible token, which acts as a receipt for your physical object in the real world. Even though some people don't have a physical art piece to sell with the NFT, it's all just digital? It's all, yeah. So if it's just digital, it's just a receipt for that digital art. Um, but the NFT, in, in, in essence, so say someone, um, some, some people link uh, NFT to, they actually create a physical art piece, and then they put it online as an NFT, and they connect it to the digital world. So it just gives us something, it's, you know, it's like your deed uh, to your house, it's, it's your record of transaction. It's not, I, I just wanted to clear that up, because a lot of people think like, NFTs are just like these objects or these things, and it's, it's just a receipt of, of record for whatever it is that you are putting to sale um, as a non-fungible token. And that, that process is pretty, I mean, it's pretty lengthy. I mean, you have to literally create the art, and then you have to mint it, and then you have to put it on the blockchain, and then you have to, you know, be able to sell it. So why is it that, does it become an NFT once you mint it? Or why is it called a not an NFT if it is just an art? It's an NFT once you, once you mint it, because once you mint it, you now have a hash, a record for that transaction on the blockchain. That's what makes it an NFT. That's now, what makes it a non-fungible token. Okay. And so many people are only selling art do you think in the future we'll have anything else that's nft oh 
Oh, we, we have it right now. I'm currently buying land in Decentraland. And when you purchase land, when you purchase digital land, you receive an NFT as your deed. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So uh, it, it's so many things that it's not just art. People are producing music um, as NFTs. Um, you know, people are people are selling many different things um, on on a digital in a digital wave as as an NFT. But land definitely um, is going to be huge in the NFT space. Land. Okay, that's great. I'm glad you're moving in that direction. Uh, virtual land. So they're saying it is limitless, which it is. And I believe that, you know, uh, virtual land is limitless, but it's really, it is, it is, it does have a certain, how do you say, there's only a certain amount that a, that a platform can create and can make. Correct. Correct. So, so why is it that people are buying this virtual land? Um, why, why is that the future? Why is it important for us to, to really go in and buy property in the virtual land? I'll tell you why it's important. So, because right now we play in a two day, 2D world and the metaverse is just a 3D. So, which means, so think about Facebook, let's take it back to Facebook or Instagram. If, and think about the page, your, your personal page as a piece of land on Facebook. And people who have a lot of followers and a lot of people, they go live. And so your digital identity is almost becoming more important than your physical identity. You get dressed up and take pictures and wait and do all of this just for your digital identity online, right? So anytime that you enter Facebook, you're in, in essence, we're going to call it, you're entering a metaverse because it is a platform that you go into and there's certain things that you had to learn how to navigate, how to move around. There are certain stickers you can put on Facebook. You can play on Facebook. You can go on someone's live and it's almost like you're in their home with them and wherever they are, you're in that same space with them when you go live. And now the metaverse is just going to give you a more real sensory of that as a 3D virtual versus a 2D virtual. And so now instead of someone coming to your page for free on Facebook Live, you know how on Instagram you can people can pay badges, um, they can pay you buy a badge and it and it pays you. Um, well, in the metaverse, now, if you have a piece of land and I'm having a concert or I'm having a live, just say we use the Facebook term or the Instagram term on my page, I can charge you to come on to my land because I'm having a concert and you're going to want to be there because I have, um, you know, Bruno Mars is performing live in my metaverse on my land. And because I have the NFT for that land, because I own it, I can say, you can't come on here. Similar to the same way we act now with Facebook. If I'm not a friend of yours, I just can't come on your page in Facebook. And so if everyone bought their, if everyone thought about their Facebook page as their digital land and as someone, so say someone has followers, like a hundred K followers or something, their land might be worth more than yours. 
And so if they want to sell it, they could sell it to somebody because they own the NFT in the metaverse side. And they could get top dollar for it because they have the rights to that land and they know that people will come more and more people they can draw more traffic to their land so if you think about we're we're really kind of operating there now of course it's not you know apples to apples but i just wanted to use that example so people can really see that like this is not a far-fetched idea we're really kind of operating in this system right now now we're just going to have more feeling more sensory it's going to seem more real in the 3d virtual world in this 3D virtual world, do you think we're going to need glasses for, for all of this? Or is this just going to be automatic from our phone? I think it's going to end up automatic from your phone. I don't think that, I think that the oculates or the, you know, some of the other glasses similar to that, um, they may pick up. It just depends. But I do think that the technology, like right now, you can enter the central land and you don't have to have, you know, glasses for it. You can go into sandbox and you don't have to have glasses for it. Um, so I don't think that they will make it a prerequisite. Um, now, may you have a better experience? It just depends on how they build that technology. So if you think about kind of where they are right now, if you think about PS1s, we're in the PS1 stage, we're in the AOL dial-up stage of the metaverse right now. But think about how AOL has went to 5G. You know, dial-up has went from dial-up to 5G. So as the metaverse progresses and more and the technology um, is built out more, it is, I, it, it'll be interesting to see whether it, they'll create the technology where we'll have to have the glasses or not. So right now we're not, we're in the metaverse. We're able to come onto people's land. We're able to purchase land. Where would we go to purchase land? Um, there's different, um, it depends on what metaverse you're in. If, um, it, you know, Sandbox has a, a really popular metaverse right now. Uh, of course, Decentraland, it has been around the longest. Um, there's another one called Blocktopia, uh, that, that just came out that they're doing some really cool things with that. Atari is actually coming out with this, with, with its own metaverse, uh, in, I think it's June that they're supposed to be releasing it. So there's different metaverses out there. And so the technology that's going to be built is, are, is, uh, is going to be the bridges that allow you to jump between different metaverse, the interoperable technology that will allow you to jump from one metaverse to another metaverse. So is this metaverse, is it, it could, like, can anyone purchase it or is there restrictions? Um, is it, you know, how do you have to have a lot of money in your bank or what, what is it? Well, the land is not cheap right now. Um, I can say that one part, the cheapest parcel of land that I've found right now is about $40,000. And that's in, that's in Decentraland. Now, I, um, I'm not sure what they're going for in Metaverse or um, crypto, Cryptoverse or Sandbox right now. I'm not sure because I'm actually purchasing land in Decentraland. So it just depends on where you are. But, but the land is getting higher and higher and higher in value. Definitely. And, and who are these people who's creating this land? Um, just different people that are coming out with these platforms. Like I said, Decentraland has been around since 2017. So they've been at it for a while. Um, and so that's the thing is that it's not easy just to put up a metaverse and put it out there. So you're going to see probably 
new ones come out, but right now Decentraland is the one that's leading the pack just because of its longevity in the space. And it's not easy to create this land because is there a lot of programmers that are needed, a lot of you yes. know uh, coders that are needed for this. So it's a lot of startup yes. investment to create the land. It is. It is. It is. Have you heard of anything, anyone that you know or heard of how people have created the land to then start selling it? No, I don't. Um, but I will say just being in Decentraland and playing around there, I, one of my educators um, is a metaverse. He actually graduated from the university that I graduated from in 2019, Magnum Cum Laude. And he is a metaverse NFT digital land specialist. And, um, you know, when we were jumping around, we were, he's the one who helped me navigate through. And, you know, the, the metaverses, they have academia districts. They like fashion week is hosting a, a fashion week in the metaverse. I don't know if you've heard about that. Actually, the land that I'm purchasing is right outside the fashion district. Um, so they have different district districts in the metaverse. And um, I know, you know, Harvard is in the metaverse. Um, people will go to school in the metaverse and take classes in the metaverse because they'll get a different experience than just an online experience. And so they've created these several different districts. They have a gaming district in the metaverse. They have a, you know, where you can like, it's almost like you're in Vegas playing. Um, so it's going to be interesting how it evolves. So if you think about how smartphones have evolved and technology that we're dealing with right now have evolved, I can't imagine what the, how we'll be playing in the metaverse three to five years from now. Yeah, me either. I'm excited to see, but then I'm also kind of um, excited to see where uh, what happens with OpenSea um, and their minting place. I do know that I was interested in getting into NFTs myself. Um, and I'm, you know, been looking into blockchain, reading some books on that as well. Just, just to create a platform for minting to me is, um, it's, it's my, it's my jam. So I've actually been reading into that and looking at those kind of things, um, because a lot of the NFT um, artists, um, I'm friends with um, them online on Twitter, and a lot of the spaces that I've been in in Twitter have been voicing their opinion that a lot of the NFT artists want to just create their own platform to mint um, so that it mm -hmm. doesn't get shut down anymore so that they're not stuck like what OpenSea just did to them. So I'm wondering, would decentralized land or virtual land, would that ever happen in the virtual land world? Um, I mean, Decentraland is a metaverse, so it's not just about the virtual land. I mean, they hold concerts there, they hold uh, meetings there, um, conferences there. Um, but you can't, I'm not, you can't mint on Decentraland, but there are other platforms that you can mint on. Um, it just depends on what chain that you're on, that you're on. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like there's a lot of, um, changes that I feel like that's going to come in the, in the NFT space for NFT artists, um, already wanting to do that for themselves. So I'm kind of interested to see if maybe, um, the, the music industry would also jump into creating their own land. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't su be surprised if we ever see like a death row land, you yeah. know, because that's, that's their land. And why wouldn't they want to have their own land in virtual world? So the capital is there. So they might as well invest it into this virtual, uh, reality world. Yes. 
So I definitely see everything you're talking about. Um, Michelle, is there any tips on cryptocurrency or on buying decentralized land or anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? Um, I would just like to leave everyone with knowing that, you know, whether, whether you think it's real or not, they're not waiting to come and get your vote. They're not waiting to come and get your opinion. They're not waiting to get the cons- your consensus on if this is going to move forward. So leave that behind about whether, you, you know, they, they need your stamp of approval to make this happen or not and get in the game and really start getting educated about uh, not only the metaverse, but and NFTs, but about, you know, cryptocurrency, because it will see just like on the internet, you only can use a credit card or Apple Pay or PayPal, you have to use some form of digital currency on the, on the internet. Well, in the metaverse, you can't use a credit card. You'll have to use cryptocurrency. So whether we like it or not, we're going to have to play in it. So you might as well get educated, get ahead of the curve, because we're still, the, the, even though we hear about this all the time, and I think that everyone is in crypto because most of the people that I hang around are in crypto. The truth of the matter is less than 20% of the world owns cryptocurrency. So we're still very early to the party. We're still in the early adopter stage. And so it is a plethora of opportunity available to those that get educated, get in, and take full advantage of being in the forefront of it. Do you see us going into cryptocurrency in our lifetime in 10 years? Or do you think it's going to take a little bit longer than that? No, I think we're looking at the next. I think mainstream will happen in the next three to five. I I believe NFTs and gaming will take cryptocurrency mainstream. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah. Oh, no, I just want to say the last. I just did. I just read a report. uh, Millennials. Millennials. Millennial millionaires, 50% of millennial millionaires hold 25% of their money in cryptocurrency. That says something. All right, guys, you heard it here first. Three to five years so that we can come back and hopefully we can have Michelle again on our show. And that way she can tell us and we can remind her, you said three to five years. So three to five years, guys, cryptocurrency is going to be the future. And we are going to see um, more millennial millionaires holding on to that cryptocurrency. And of course, that's that makes a lot of sense to have uh, the millennials leading the way. So that that to me is seems about right. So yeah, guys. Thank you so much, uh, Michelle. Thank you so much for tuning in or for coming in and, and, you know, being here, being my guest and just informing all of us on cryptocurrency and the blockchain. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me, Christina. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in in today's episode. As always, guys, peace and love.